bless you, saints. We've been led tonight to be here with you, and we're just grateful for what the Lord has done and is doing. And I greet each and every one of you. I wanted to start by singing, Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, 624. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Oh, blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of tonight. She's fed hundreds and hundreds of people. So if you want to sign up for the meal train, this is your chance to pay your back. But it's really good to see you, Sister Rena. We've been praying for you and we'll continue to pray for you. Faithful one. Isn't he faithful?
prayer for his daughter's stepfather. He's battling cancer and due for surgery. Please pray for his healing and the family's salvation. There's a, there's a brother Rice from Tennessee, one of the uh, believers who regularly stream our services. Um, he called the office asking for prayer for his family. They're in great need of physical healing. Sister Rice is suffering from kidney trouble. Brother Rice had some chest x-rays done and there are spots on his lungs they will continue to investigate and his son brother nathan and his uh his fa- uh, entire family have been diagnosed with uh covid so it's it's a lot going on for, for brother rice and his family so we want to remember them we also want to remember um, our sister tracy Rivas in the states is asking prayer for uh, sister michelle this is serious intestinal infection and sister Rebus is also asking for prayer for her sister Kristen Laprame in California who is also very sick with COVID amen we know that God knows what this COVID thing is and he can see us through we can see the believers through and just one last thing as you as you come brother a while ago um, prayer was requested for healing for the Jassic family in Florida God came on the scene and everyone has recovered. Thank you for your prayers. Amen. So we have a hope and we have a trust and we have the word of God that says, ask anything in his name, believing, and it shall be, shall be answered.
Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, come before you, Lord Jesus, this evening, bringing our burdens, our desires, Lord, coming for a refreshment, Lord Jesus, in your presence, Lord. Heavenly Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just brood, Lord, in the service this evening, dear Lord Jesus. Father, God, you said you dwell in the praises of your people, Lord Jesus, and we've come, Lord, to worship you, to lift up your holy name, dear Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, we've rubbed shoulders with the world, Lord. We've gone to work, Lord, school. Father, Lord, to the grocery store, we just see the insanity of the age, Lord, the fall of masculinity, Lord Jesus, the fall of feminism, Lord Jesus. But Father God, I'm so thankful that you've given us a message, Lord, that's equipping us, Father Lord Jesus, to stand in this age. And Father Lord Jesus, with this word, Lord, we can come before your throne of grace and faith, believing, Lord Jesus, that whatsoever things we ask that's according to your will, Lord, you'll give it to us, Lord. So Father God, there's been some needs, Lord Jesus, that have been penned down, Father. Some requests, Father Lord Jesus. Lord, that they believe, O oh God, that when the saints of God bind their hearts together in faith, Lord Jesus, that God will move. So, Father, dear God, I pray that as we bind our hearts together in faith, like an old-fashioned prayer meeting, Lord Jesus, we just come for these needs, dear God. Father, God, we bring before you, Lord, these saints, Lord, that have been afflicted by this virus, Father. Lord, we see the fear that is pressing around the world, Lord Jesus. People are afraid, Lord, and Lord, and cautious, Lord Jesus. But Heavenly Father, we know that you're greater than any virus. You're greater than any disease. You're greater than any sickness, Father. And Lord Jesus, you healed the lepers, Lord. You healed the men that were lame, Father. You healed the blind, Father. And Father, not only in your day, Father, but Lord, you did it, Lord, in the prophet's day, Lord Jesus. Father, showing, oh God, that you were the same yesterday, today, and forever, Father. And not only did he do it in the prophet's day, but Lord, you've done it in this day, Father. We've seen the sick healed, Father. We've seen viruses cured, Father. Lord, we've seen cancer being dissolved, Father. We've seen lame walk again, Lord Jesus. We've seen the blind spiritualized, the blind physicalized. We've seen them see, Lord. Father God, you were the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Father, as I pray now, Lord, I pray those saints, Lord, that have penned down this request will lay hold of your garment even now, Lord Jesus, and take a hold of your promise, Father, for their need, dear Lord Jesus. For Lord God, your prophet said, Lord, that it is according to our faith. So, Father God, we come in faith, believing for them. But, Lord, I pray that you give them faith, Lord Jesus, to take a hold of the promise of God, Lord, and believe for their situation. Believe for their need, Heavenly Father. Lord, we bind that demon spirit of coronavirus, Father. Lord, science puts a name to it, Father, but we know it's nothing but a devil, Father. And it's tagged with fear, Father. And it presses the people, Father. But Lord, we come in faith resisting the devil. For Lord, your word tells us resist the devil and he'll flee. So Father, we believe tonight, Lord Jesus, that you will heal these needs, Father, dear God. These requests that have been penned down, we believe that you are the healer of all of our diseases. So God, I pray that your Holy Spirit, even now, Lord, will go by that 
hospital room, by that bedroom. Maybe they're isolated right now, Father. Maybe your presence come into their little room, wherever they might be, Father, and overshadow them, dear Lord Jesus. And Lord, perhaps just whisper in their ear and saying, I am the God that healeth the evolved thy diseases. Increase their faith, O God. Father, Lord, we know healing is a process, Lord. Father, we also believe in miracles, Father, Lord. Lord, let thy perfect will be done. We believe, Lord, that they'll be healed, Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, God, and Lord, the other requests, Lord, that are penned down, Lord, I'm sorry that I've forgotten them, Lord. But Lord, you know the needs, Father. Lord Jesus, you know the situations, Father. Lord, as you were pressed at one time, Lord Jesus, to go by Samaria, Lord, because there's a woman in need of salvation. Father, even now, tonight, I pray, Lord, that that seed of God, the desire, the pull, Father, would press you in such a way, Lord, that you would go by each bedroom, go by each place, come by Cloverdale tonight, go by, Lord Jesus, the camp, Lord Jesus, Lord, all the saints at home streaming, Father. Would you meet every need as the word of God goes forth? For Lord Jesus, we know that your word is all powerful. And Lord Jesus, you only speak through men. So Lord, I pray as the man of God comes behind the desk as we prayed earlier. Lord, that you'll minister through the, through the lips of your servant, Lord. To our hearts, Lord, that we might receive what we have need of, Lord. Bless Brother Matt, Lord, and the song service, Lord. I pray that you just have the preeminence now. Remember our precious Brother Tom, Lord, as he's recovering. Would you grant him strength, Father? Lord, grant him divine energy, Heavenly Father. Lord, overshadow him with your presence, Lord Jesus, I pray. Lord, and just uh, move the pain, Lord, and that he may be struggling with. Lord, I pray that you just be with him and strengthen him, Lord. We thank you for this time now in your presence. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, amen. may be seated. I just want to take a moment before Brother Murphy comes and speaks and whatever Brother Matthew has to, uh, we're here to worship. Uh, We're here to give him praise. I just want to say a couple of things that came to my mind today, and I'm so glad I want to give a part of a testimony also. But there's a very, very common scripture in Hebrews 13 and 8. And it says, Jesus Christ, (laughs) he's always the same. And uh, Brother Matthew led us in a song, you know, Jesus is the same. Hallelujah. I'm so glad. And I want to tell you something. You young people that are here, I was uh, probably in my 40s. And you might not think that's real young, but I I think I was about in my 40s. And uh, I was working. So conditions had changed. Everything had changed. I was working for a living and trying to support and find out what God had in mind uh, for us to do here in, in Cloverdale. And we are back in the Vancouver area, and I had no plans whatsoever. We were just living from day to day. And uh, 
just seeking what God would have us to do. But uh, they buzzed me on the phone. I was upstairs. And they buzzed me on the phone. Said, there's a young lady here to see you. So I came downstairs, and there was a pastor's daughter that I had uh, I had lived in their home. And, uh, and she was all made up, you know, and lipstick, bright red lipstick. And she knew that that was a, really an insult to me. But she asked one thing. She said, I have one question. I'd like to ask you, and she called my wife's name, Ruthie. She said, Eddie, are you and Ruthie the same? That was her question. And I thought of this scripture tonight. Jesus Christ, the same. (laughs) I'm so glad they put his name in front of everything else. Jesus Christ, the same Yesterday, and today, and forever. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that wonderful? And here we are. And I want to say to the people in China, or the people in Africa, we're the same. And I was thinking of Murphy's message uh couple weeks ago we do what we're we're doing what we always do <laughs> things might have changed so we've got a virus i can tell you god uses everything to his own glory everything to his own glory and you may say well there's a lot less people here but everything is to his glory And there's probably hundreds of people, far more than this church could hold, that will be uh, listening tonight. And I pray that Brother uh, Murphy just preaches us either happy or sad. (laughs) I want to say something else that I think was a real bonus Uh, Michael Ray sent me a text today, an email, and he had been with Brother Derek Paris, and they had set up so the believers on the U.S. side will be able to come to camp. Not only come to the meeting in camp, but they'll be able to stay, and they've opened up uh, uh, several of the cabins, of the lodges, and uh, they can stay there, and they've opened up also some of the camping sites. And so uh, it's a real perk, a real plus for the U.S. residents. And though they're not able to be here, they can uh, call Brother Derek, and Brother Derek will set things up but I see you young people here. And I'll tell you, it's a wonderful thing to be able to say I'm the same. <laughs> I'm exactly the same. And now the believers there can 
gather at, and worship and also uh, be able to stay and have a, some fellowship with one another. And that's very nice. Also, I see Brother jo- Joanne, or Sister Joanne, at the, at the keyboard tonight. I never expected her husband came home today. And he's not been able to get out of bed, really. So I'll ask that there be no calls because he needs to rest and recuperate. He had a very, very long operation and surgery. and uh, But nevertheless, God be praised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And uh, so... We cannot cross the border yet. Uh, if we do, we're quarantined when we come back for, what's that, about 14 days? 14 days that we're quarantined. And, uh, we've already been quarantined for a couple of months. <laughs> thank you for being here and thank you for your support. And I want to say to all our residents on the U.S. side, we miss you. We miss you very much. And we're, we can't wait till we can be together again. God bless you is my prayer. And if we can do anything, so we're doing everything that we can. And I know that there's a lot of folks here and a lot of folks on this side of the border that would certainly like to be able to be at the campgrounds and enjoy the outside. But uh, those of you that get a chance to, and uh, it's wonderful to see our sister Rena. God bless you. God bless you. All right. God bless you, Brother Matthew. I don't know whether I... All right. Well, now I'm going to be tempted to see if I can sneak across the border somehow. I don't know if you do any camping, but in B.C. you can't even get a campsite, let let alone get one for free. So my American friends, you enjoy it while I staycation in my living room. All right. So as Brother Murphy comes, why don't we sing, um, You Deserve the Glory, You Are Great. It's 1106. You are great. You do miracles so great. Amen. You deserve the glory and the Yeah. 
greatest one, Lord. Lord, we're not saying this lightly. We sing this as by experience. How many times in our life, it seems like the greatest trial we ever have, but there is always one greater than the greatest trial that we have. It seems like the greatest the trouble that we get into, but there is always greater than the trouble that we get into. It seems like the greatest sickness we ever come to upon our body but there is a healer who is always greater than a sickness. Father, we thank you, Lord. Lord, are we coming here tonight with the spirit of a worship? Worship the, the God that is true. Worship the God that is real. Worship the God that is not just a mist and not just a thousands of miles away, not just a hundreds or years away. But Lord, we believe and worship in the Lord as the pastor has quoted is the same yesterday today and forever Lord we give you all the glory and all the thanks Lord we pray that you take the service use the word that we try to speak about you Lord may you come on the scene Lord Lord there are many needs that are amongst us Lord thinking about our brother dear brother Tom Lord I just pray the strength be his portion Lord Lord when there is a pain all every Nerves, every fiber, everything to go to that pain. Lord, if there's a pain in this body, the spiritual body of Jesus Christ, it seems like all the members, all the nerves, all the prayers, everything to go to that. I just pray that it feel the strength of God, that it feel the spirit of God as a joint nigh, even that is a moment. Father, we thank you. We're so thankful. There's a sister Raina has it here. Has a, Lord, we know that everything is for a purpose. Lord, you saved our dear sisters alive. And you led her still that among us. And the believing and the worshiping and the raise up to the hands. How that encouraged us. Lord, sometimes it is taking this moment like this. Lord, to see it our, the, the same cycle, same cycle, the weak one that are among us. And is still the strongest among us. 
because it overcome Satan, overcome the sickness, overcome the trial that Satan put it before. And Lord, just twist the arm of Satan and reverse it and turn it around to become a glory of God. We give you all the thanks and glory. Ask you to be with us tonight, Lord. Speak to our heart. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's turn to the scripture, book of Genesis. Book of Genesis, uh, chapter 1. And it's so nice to see uh, everyone uh, here. A lot of a familiar face. I know uh, we're always a familiar, but it's just getting more familiar when I see uh See you come to the church. Um, book of Genesis chapter 1, uh, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, there there be light. And there was a light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And let's turn to a book of Genesis. Uh, sorry, a book of Isaiah. Chapter 60. Uh, that's the scripture uh, that I used the last time. And I would like to uh, continue on. Uh, God dwells in the thick darkness, part 2. So let's turn to a book of uh, Isaiah, chapter 60. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. May the Lord bless his word. You may be seated. And I know that we're uh, only allowed uh, the certain amount of uh, people that are coming to the church. And uh, to be honest, I do miss uh, a lot of people. Uh, if you don't come to the church, I might forget your name. So you better come so that I can uh, resume uh, uh, fellowship with you. Uh, and, and so nice to see everyone is here that we can enjoy the presence of the Lord. And uh, to worship God and to believe the word of God. You know, there's uh, nothing can substitute it to... Uh, uh, just come to the sanctuary uh, to worship together with the believer. Uh, believers, uh, they're considered as a sheep. Sheep cannot be alone. Sheep want to uh, get together. The sheep want to uh, fellowship uh, with each, uh, each other. And um, I'm so uh, thankful the Lord has still give us that opportunity that we can come together and to worship and to uh, fellowship. It's so good to see you, Sister Rena. And we have been praying for you. And so glad to see Sister Rena sitting here and worship together with us. And so please also remember there's a different need uh, uh, in this body. You know, this um, this age is just uh, full of sickness and full of uh, uh, wickedness, and full of things. Uh, you know, if you don't have the revelation of God, you probably wouldn't even thinking that you're living uh, in this world has any difference uh, than other time. But because you see people so easily to get used to it. When the people living in an environment long enough, they will sooner or later, they will get used to it. 
if the person would have gotten sick enough, sick long enough, sooner or later, they can adjust themselves to the sick body. I think it is just normal. But you see, there's nothing that is normal. When a person, that the people that's among us was sick, it is not normal. Uh, when the people among us does not get delivered, it's not normal. When people among us uh, continue, they get awakened, they're awakened, that's not normal. Uh, because we have a different eye from the world as I. When we have the word of God, give us, give us such a power, give us such authority, give us so much um, promise that we have, it uh, behooves to us to use that and to believe whatever the word of God has said. We cannot live under the, um, below our privilege. God gave it to us and he called us to be the overcomer that we live, should be lived like overcomer. And um, I just want to continue on the, uh, the subject of the last time uh, that I was speaking uh, at uh, the God uh, dwells in the thick uh, darkness. I know that's um, uh, kind of a, a sounds uh, unusual uh, that God even dwell in the darkness. But that's uh, what is the word of God has said. That is uh, the nature of our God. He's an expert uh, in the darkness and to deliver us. He's a uh, uh, light. Whenever there is a light, and the darkness has to flee. And um, uh, Brother Branham said uh, in the message of Shalom, 1964, uh, he said, uh, which that was the church. The moon is the church, represent the church. And before the church, the shadow of the world crosses the moon. And the shadow of the worldlyism, the shadow of worldliness, worldly church has a swept across to black out the entire light of the Bible. So, I, I remember that in, um, uh, in the seven churches, as Brother Branham has said, that uh, the worldliness is the uh, greatest sin that's uh, in this age. And so when we talk about the worldliness, yeah, it's not necessarily uh, just your, uh, you know, you become uh, uh, what we consider the filthy, filthy. Uh, but if a person can uh, do uh, innocent things, but then when they become a slave of it, then they become a worldly. And so when they, the job is just uh, everyone that we have to have. And, but if a person become a slave of it, then it become a worldliness. And that education is the same thing. I've just read that the message of power of transformation. But the Bible says that the greatest enemy is the civilization. How God, how Satan has used the civilization has uh, just polluted the whole world. You think that, that there's so much things that are in the civilization that we are so enjoyed with. Uh, you, without a refrigerator, uh, or, uh, your food, you, you have to uh, go buy the food almost uh, uh, every morning. You know, without uh, the, um, uh, the electricity, uh, we, we, we have to preach in darkness. And that I have to uh, yelling and screaming to you and uh, in order for you to hear me. You know, there's uh, so much things that are in the civilization that we can enjoy. But always let us understand that and remember, all of this are temporary. All of things uh, by God, if you give us us for the kingdom of God or the people of God to use, and we make our hand loosely, uh, loose, don't hold it tight to yourself and use it for the kingdom of God. And so that if you fellowship with the people and that is the God give you the privilege that you can have, that we, you, we're still possess this, we can come to the church and meet meet each other, that we can start, uh, still have some fellowship. That is the, uh, the great, one of the greatest things that especially in this COVID time. 
But you see, whenever God gives something to us, we have to use it um, as um, God as the gift to give it to us. And then if we miss that, and uh, you know, you, uh, those gift, those opportunity might never come back to you again. So when Brother Brandman said, uh, he said that the shadow of a worldliness, the shadow of a worldliness, worldly church has swept across to black out an entire light of the, the Bible. So when the worldliness starts to creeping in and getting between uh, God's word and uh, the, the church, then he blacked it out. And the, the darkness starts to fall on the, the people. So uh, and I, as I was just, uh, doing a study, there was one thing that was, uh, I was just coming to my mind. And I was saying, I said, Lord, uh, what is the purpose of Satan? Uh, when, when, when we're living in this world, if we say that there is a Satan, there's a devil, he must have a purpose that he, uh, I can't say he live. Uh, he must have a purpose, uh, the, you know, he do what he, what he does. And so what is the purpose of Satan? Brother Bram said, Satan come to destroy God's creation. What God has created to be for himself. He had Satan come to destroy this. That's what his purpose was, was to destroy it. You have to understand, sense. Satan only have a one purpose. All what he's doing, Satan have a one strict purpose to destroy you. If a people can fully understand that, they wouldn't be give any hope to the world. They wouldn't give any hope just to education. They wouldn't give any hope to science. They wouldn't give any hope to politics. They wouldn't give any hope to whatever that is the world can offer because Satan is the king, is the god of this evil age. And Satan only have a one purpose, that's to destroy you. He doesn't invent the social media to uh, draw the distance of the people. He's meant to destroy. He doesn't use, uh, uh, in, invented all these devices and everything. Everything that in this world that Satan has a device, the design, is only for one purpose, that's to destroy you. That's why that whatever that is the world that can offer to a people, if we really understand that the purpose of Satan that is beyond this earth, there's only one purpose. It's not make the society better. It's not making the community getting more closer. It's not to just make everybody love each other. That's not his purpose. His whole purpose might be disguised as pure as it can be, as innocent as it can be, but behind it, everything that in this world, there is one only purpose for Satan, try to destroy the believer. If we ever understand that, if God ever revealed this to us, you won't give any hope that in this world. You're only a temporary sojourn in this world, and then we're looking for the rapture in time. Looking for the body champ. That's supposed to be our whole purpose on earth. That we're temporarily going through all of this to meet our Lord in the air. To waiting for the body change. You cannot give your whole self to the medical system. You cannot even give any hope to anything that we consider as civilization or whatever that the world offers. Because everything behind it has one purpose. Satan wants to destroy you. 
and in Shalom. And Brother Branham said, and it seems to be that there is a something that he just can't pull away from. He said, our young people, our older people, our middle age. He said, uh, he talked about a woman. She's so caught in such a web of a Hollywood. And an advertisement and television, radio, newspaper. On the street, in the store window, with modern dress and so forth. And the way that other women met her. He said, it seems to be just something just can't pull away from. He said, our young people, or older people, or middle age. He said, what's caused of this? Is that gross darkness upon the people. That is something that pressed them into it. And the people, it seems like they want to do better. Do you think that the people, uh, uh, you know, that, that's just talking about some of the, the politics that we have in the, in the States. I believe that the people that go on the street, they mean good. They have a good intention. They want to protest. They want to have the equal, uh, equal, uh, equalism or whatever you call that. Or all kinds of the things. They mean good. They want to do good. And I think that the politician, I even believe in Mr. Trump will want to do good. I believe in Mr. Trudeau that will want to do good. They have a good intention. They want to bring the country or bring the people get together or do everything that they can. But you see, Satan behind that. When Satan is behind that, no matter what knowledge that you have, no matter how good intention that you have, Brother Branham said that the way to hell is paved with good intention. He said that those judge, he said that the young, there was a one young man that the judge was sentenced uh, uh, to the years of the prison. And uh, the Brother Branham asked, they asked Brother Branham to uh, uh, get a pardon from the judge. And uh, so the man said, if, if I was a pardon, he said, I'll, I'll go to preach the gospel. And the Brother Branham went to the judge and said, this man, the young man said he will never do that again. And the, the, the judge said, this is his fifth time. He said, I haven't just put anybody to the prison, uh, you know, without their saying, I want to uh, become a preacher uh, when I come out. He said, when they come out, they do exactly the same thing. There's nothing in them to make them to do good. Though their intention is good. I think this is a very important for our young people. This is very, uh, your intention is good. Your intention, you want to love the Lord. Your intention, you want to be fervent, but something holding you. Something that just wouldn't let you to do it. People have a good intention, want to become a good believer. People want to have a good intention. They want to do things that is pleasing to God. But it seems like that, that is the world, it's just so much darkness, they're so sick, that it wouldn't allow them to do good. They must have the power in them in order for them to do that. I'm going to speak about it. He said, what caused that? It's the gross darkness upon the people. It's something has oppressed them that into it. You know, in this world, you heard so much that uh, people said, we must have a tolerance. Did you hear that? We must have a love, the love wins. Good intention. Never gonna work. Because when you're a subject under Satan, how can he make you make that to work? It must have a greater power than he had so that it makes that to work. It's not just how you try to make the things to work. You're trying just like a filthy rag. It's never going to work. It's full of holes. 
It's never holding water. It's never going to do anything good. But it has to be a greater power that it come, that you receive that greater power. Not just a good intention, not just a good desire. Not just, I want to do good, I want to do something that's better. Good intention, the hell, the road to hell, paved it with a good intention. But it takes a power, it takes a surrender life. It takes a dedicated life. It takes some of the Lord, I just cannot live this life any longer. Bring that power into me. Let me be born again. Let the Holy Spirit fill me. Let my whole body was filled. Let my whole mind be filled. You die to yourself. Then that power living in you. Then you are on your way. Not to hell. But you go to heaven. And you heard that the people said. You know we need to love each other. We need the tolerance. You know we need to forgive. And we need to do this. We need to, we need to do that. But Satan behind all of that. And Satan can make it to the person to say, you know, we don't need to love each other. Uh, love always wins. You know, uh, we need a, we need to be, uh, has a, has a tolerance in our society and our community. You know, we need to listen to the scientists of what is said and they, they're mean good for us and the, the government and the, the politicians, uh, everything. This world is, is gone crazy because there is a Satan had a one purpose. Is try to destroy the believer. That's why he gathered around all the forces that he can gather. He gathered all the tools that he can gather. He gathered all the university together. He gathered all the college together. He get all the job site together. He got get all the economy together. He get gathered all the politicians together. Had one purpose is to destroy you. If you don't have another power. That's greater than that. How are you going to overcome? How are you going to judge what is right and what is wrong? How are you going to live in this world, still have a sanity, not be swallowed by this world? But Abraham said that the Bible has spoke of this day that we live. And said these things will come. Gross darkness upon the people. And we see it. That there is a something that just simply the people want to, but they can't. Why? Because this world has become so evil. This world has become so dark. And to many people, they never even have a clue. They never even thinking that way. They never say this is going to happen. To them, life just continue on, just like it has always do. Life just continue on. Just like, uh, uh, always like before. It seems like nothing has been really much changed. But I remember the one time my brother Ed was at a preach the service. And I pulled up a credit card. And I put it on here. He said, before years ago, he said, we have some silver dollar that you can, you can hold. And you have a, a gold coin or something that is a literally a dollar that made from metal. But now everything's a plastic. That's probably 10 years ago. Now, plastic, you're out. You're totally out. And now it's digitized. Now it's a big con. Now it's everything. This whole world become more virtual than ever. More, uh, more fake than ever. More just like a, like a fog than ever. You don't have a, 
I don't think anybody can uh, in China and the people doesn't even see cash anymore. There's no paper money, and nobody wants paper money, and everybody just use a phone and just click and then they buy. I went to the one time to the market to buy some vegetable. Think about it. Go to the market on the street, just buy some sweet potato. They said, uh, "Can you swap this uh, this thing?" I don't even know how to swap, and he doesn't even want my cash. Because they said we have nowhere to spend cash. There's a whole world become a more virtual than ever. Everything in this world become a just a fake, just a fake. There's a nothing that you can put your foot on. Right. And Brother Abbas Taylor, years ago, oh, a good old, good old uh, golden age, and buying a house a few thousand dollars. And now you make a six thousand dollars, seven thousand dollars. But a house costs one million, two million, a little coal shed. Is that really worth it? Have you sold a million dollar? You never even see a million dollar. Just from one house to another, you never even see money. You used to, you have a golden coin that you can put money on. You know you had something, but now you don't know what you have. It's all controlled by Satan. No matter how you try to move money, no matter how you try to do, no matter how you try to save, no matter how you try to do, this world belongs to Satan. You better put your faith, put your hope, put everything on God's word. This is the only thing that is solid. But the world has become so dark. It's not getting better, but it's getting worse. And on the outside, it become a dark. And the people's mind, it become a dark. By the education, by the media, by the CNN, the Fox News, or whatever that is, is on. People's mind getting darker. And then they couldn't think it right. And that it used to be that people still have a moral standard, but they don't have that anymore. It used to be the politicians can stand on their belief, but now the politician is only for the vote. Wherever the vote goes, that's the word the decision gonna make, that their plan gonna make. And that the politicians has a, has a shaped that the people's thinking. The media has a shape that the people's thinking. And their reasoning in our imagination, their friends start shaping their thinking. And your work shaping your thinking. Your manager, your boss, everything, your relative, your religion, everything is to try to shape the people's thinking. If you don't have that solid message of this hour, become a personal revelation, become a personal experience to you, how are you going to overcome? You know, that's why when this world is getting so dark, no matter how the program or the denomination they had, and no matter how good intention or what a psychology that the people they have, none of them can penetrate the darkness. None of them can make the people run back to the sanity. But only the light, which is God Himself, can pierce us through. And you're thinking about even the, some religious, most religious people, most sincere people, that they themselves even don't have an answer. Because they don't have the light. And you're thinking about in the Bible, we talk about Nicodemus. And he come to Jesus and said, Rabbi, you know, we know that you are the teacher. Brother Bram said in the Shalom, and I come from God, for no man could do the things that you do if God wasn't with him. But it was that darkness or blindness upon the Jewish race 
that a Messiah might come to take from the Gentile bride, they had to reject him. And that's the gross darkness that's upon the churches and things today. To fail to say, to see the light that is the shining. He said that they are constantly screaming for revival and working, but working right against it. You see that when the darkness is upon, the gross darkness is upon earth, their darkness is going to the religious realm. And the church was darkened. And the people don't know what is the really light is. The reason is they cannot overcome because they rejected the true light. When the person or the church rejected the true light, they get into the darkness. So no people can pierce through the darkness. Just by their intellectual or by their good intention or by their religion or religiosity. But only when a person receives Christ, the unveiling God in this hour and believing His Word and completely and surrender His life and whole life to it, that's the only way you can pierce through this darkness. The prophet said, then he said, I'm only, he said, I don't see this in the motive of trying to say, okay, now we've been, we sin this and glory to God, they're not in it. I'm not trying to say to get people to think, well, Brother Branham, you got only truth. There is a, in the world. No, that is wrong. The prophet said, I'm only saying it in the light of the hour that we are walking in. He say that because the light has come. And when the light come, it come to the prophet. And the prophet only to tell us the light has already come. And now is your chance. Then you can arise and shine. But you see, it's the people who rejected this light. That's why they do, they are do, uh, they fall into the darkness. And they don't understand that the light, the word, can only come through the prophet. There's a no other source, but this is the only source that God used to bring the light to the people. And that's why we don't need to seek other source. This is the only source that we have. You need to seek with all your diligence, with your heart, in this source. Not beside this source to try to seek other books, try to seek other uh, resolve, or um, uh, try to solve the problem, or whatever that is. It's only taking up one thing that you understand. God gave us the source of the light. And all you need to do is to go into this light, and then believe in what he has said. And to get your whole self to it. As to the Ruth in the Boaz of the field. The Boaz tell Ruth said, you don't need to go to other field. This is the only field that you need to be in. You do, you still have to do the work. You still have to do the diligence. You still have to search. You still have to do everything that you need to do. But confined in this one field. In this word, in this message, it doesn't, it's not means that I said, okay, I'll just uh, lay on the bed and just be lazy and just, uh, you know, the God will carry me over to the rapture. God said that this is the field. This is the field that I give it to you. You don't glean the weight from outer field. All your answer is in this word. All your answer is in this. All, everything that you needed is all in the message of this hour. 
You don't have to search anymore. You only need to search inside of this message. That give you all those answer to solve your problem. And Brother Brahma said, it's the, is that a predestinated seed? And not only is it going to receive it. The person who can receive the word is only the predestinated seed of God in this hour can receive it. I think of how thankful that we should be. That God even gave us this uh, heart that we can receive the word. And can allow, can yield ourselves to the word. That a word of a God that are working among us. That are in us. Then the prophet said, but we come to that place again. The Bible said that you are the light of the world. When God is living in you, when that light you received, then you become the light of the world. When you become the light of the world, the world will reject you. Because they live in the darkness. They wouldn't allow light to shine out upon them. That's in the John the chapter 3. It said the light come to this as well. The world will comprehend it not. They won't receive it. But to them that who loved, who receive it, that he given them the rights to be the son and the daughter of God. And then the prophet said that that's the only way it can be done now. Is when the word is vindicated. God is a re- God's written word vindicated. Then it shows the light. What is the light? When the word of God was vindicated. When God said, let there be light, then the light come, that God vindicated His word. That word is the light in that hour. When God sent to the prophet, He gave us the word in this hour, not just by speaking it, but God coming down to vindicate it, to prove it, that becomes the light that in this hour. He said, each time that there come a time for a certain manifestation of the journey, there was a prophet who came to the earth. And the word came to the prophet. And he made that word live. And when that word was identified, it reflected God. And there was the age. There was the light. And that's the way light comes today. The light can only come by the vindicated, the prophet of the vindicated truth. There's no other way for the light to come. If you want to pierce through the darkness, there's no other way to pierce through the darkness. There's no other way to penetrate into the darkness, but only the message of this hour. And not only the message of the hour on the shelf, but the message of living in you. When you receive it, it's not how much knowledge that you have, but how much you have received it. What experience that you have. How personal that is God has through the word becoming to you. When that living in you, that become a light to the angel. And the prophet said that the darkest of the before day, he said it's a dark, it's a darkness upon the people, but it's the good morning to the church. He said that Christ is appearing among us. What a privilege that we have. God sent the light that vindicated the truth. It's the light of this hour. And he sent it to whom? He sent it to you, Berville. He sent it to you, Sister Eleanor. He sent it to you, Sister Linda. He sent it to us personally. Get your name, name it on it. And it says, the darkest before day is because the light is oppressing the darkness. But a morning star comes out and say, good morning, shalom. When a world fall into the total darkness, 
But that's the, because of the light is oppressing it. Because of this is come the morning. God said, good morning, my little bride. Shalom to you. When the world has gone, gone into the darkness, that is our opportunity. Not to take advantage of the try to go into the world and make a full bucket of gold. But to take advantage of this is the time we can arise and shine. Because God dwells in the thick darkness. Is the end is the darkest of the world. God manifested itself more in power and more in might. It says the light is oppressing the darkness. You know, this is not to the darkness become having a, a dominion. But the darkness is a retreating. Because of the light has oppressing the darkness. If you got a sponge... And you put it in the water. And where's the water go? And you squeeze it into the water. The water goes into the sponge. Alright? And then when you squeeze it, and then the water come out. And the sponge become a, a sponge in it again. Without any water. The more you press, the more water will come out of this sponge. Until it is totally gone. You see, in this age, the reason the world has become so dark... It's because of the light is oppressing it. When the light is oppressing it, whatever that is left that in the world is like a sponge starts all being pressed it out. Any light that hasn't existed remains that in this world because of the pressing of the light, the light becomes so great it presses everything out of this world. If there's any moral standard that in that sponge, in this world, when the world, when the word of God has come, the light has come, when it starts to pressing it, all the church light is all gone out. All the moral standard, not even one drop left. The people that are thinking they can with their intellectual, or that they have a certain standard, in all the some denomination, but when the greater light come, when you rejected the light, that light pressing that, and any little light that they have, it all been pressed it out. That's why you find out that religion has no use anymore. Used to be that the people can be religious, the religion can help them, the moral standard can help them. But when the light comes, when people reject the light, then the last drop of a moral decency has gone out of them. The last part, last of a little stand for God's word has squeezed out of them. Why? It's not just the world because they rejected the light. It's not just the world that it becomes so dark that they just fall into the swallow up by the world. It's because they rejected the light. When a person rejected the light, the light become a greater impressed anything that they have, they, they possess, but oppressed it out of them. And the Brother Ram said, he said, the darkness is separating itself from the light. God's causing it. The light is doing it. See, the light is pressing itself in such a way until the darkness has to congregate together. He said they had a chance to accept it and they wouldn't do it. So it's a condensed itself. 
And they do that by the putting the church together and the council of churches united with the pagan darkness when they so firmly disagree with one another, but yet they had to go together to make the night come upon the people. You know, they can church and in the church, they can so firmly disagree with each other, with each other. But when the light they rejected, the light oppressed them, then they become a congregate. They become a congealed together. Then the church went into the total darkness. And a person, if they rejected the life, the light, then they become a, so condensed that anything that they consider, anything that they might have, that is that in there, the moral standard or whatever they have, when a person rejected the light, then the total darkness that went down there. Even the little distance that they have, it will be squeezed out of them. Why? Because they rejected the light. But the Bible said in Ephesians 5, 8, For ye were sometime darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. He said, A walk as a children of light. You used to be in the darkness as well. But thank the Lord, the light has come on you. And you didn't reject it. That's why when the light come on you, you didn't reject it, you absorb it. Then the light started to come into you. You absorb it. And the more you absorb it, the light starts pushing out all the darkness. By receiving the light, the light, the light dwells inside of you, drive away all the darkness. Is that why, that's why the Bible said, you were sometime darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Brother Ben said in the Shalom, he said, but why? Why was he the light of the day? He was the vindicated word that had been spoken, made manifest. He said, and today that we're now living in, God has come on a sin to have vindicated and prove his promise. So it's the light of the hour, so we can rise and shine. The light shines upon us again today. The word is being manifest. That is the light. When the word was manifest, when the word of a God was vindicated, that become the light. And then God will send this light to us when we receive the light, that you become the light of the world. When we're facing this dark age, this world, don't try to find any other light. Even there is other light, it's just a false light. It's just the glare of the other age. That's the Satan's deceiving. He tried to use the religion, he tried to use the lukewarmness, tried to use the hope so, tried to make it a substitution of it. But God don't want us to that. God wants us to have it confirmed. God wants us the true light. The real light of this hour vindicated by the Holy Spirit and the message of this hour. That light become, that light light become your light. And that light light that will drive away all the darkness that is in you. And you see, when God, He dwells in the darkness, that's His nature. That is the place that He showed Himself. And when you receive it in the light, and even in this is a dark world, even inside of us, in this, uh, in this body, it seems like it's full of darkness. 
Sometimes it's in our brain, in our reasoning, imagination, and everything that we have. It seems like all influenced by this world. But don't forget, God still dwells in the thick darkness. God is, on, is still the light. That when the light was coming into you, it still drive out all the dark side. And the brother Bramah said, in the power of a transformation. He said, and that's what we become. He said, when we become a wandering stars, away from God, just without hope, without God. He said, uh, just turning around, out in darkness, not knowing where we're going. And God took that great chaos of darkness and transformed it into a garden of Eden. See, by His word, that's how we are transformed by God's word. When God first transformed the earth, the earth away in the dark, oh, in the void, without form, and in the darkness, then the Spirit of God move upon the water, the face of the water. And uh, Brother Branham used the word to brood, and actually move, the Spirit of move, is, uh, in, the, in the Hebrew, it means it's like uh, the chicken, it was uh, brooding. So it was, uh, it was the same word. So when God was uh, do, uh, transforming the earth in the beginning, the world in the total darkness, the world has uh, no form, and that is a void. But that is the Spirit of a God start to brooding. The brooding happens when the world went into the darkness. God is a brooding in the darkness. And Brother Bramma said, he said that when God said, let there be light, and that mass of a creation out there come over in around the sun, and begin to revolve around the sun, and become a garden of Eden, because it's obey the word of God. It done the perfect will of God, for he was transformed from chaos into the garden of Eden by the word of God. When God want to transform the darkness, he uses the spirit to brood over the darkness. It's like a cooing. As the brother Prime said, he was making love. And the one God is spirit is the brooding. He's not a brooding that in the light. He's not a brooding when everything goes well. When God is a brooding, he brooding in the total darkness. When he was a brooding, when he was a making the life come out, and then making the light come out, God it was a brooding when the world in its total darkness. When God is a brooding in this age, is also when the world went into a total darkness. And that's at a time when God will start to brooding. He's not only just a dwell in the darkness, but God is a working in the darkness. He's a brooding in that darkness. He wants the life to come out of the darkness. He said, then if he taken the Holy Spirit to brood us out of the earth the first time, and we were made thus without any conception of what we would be or what we'd be made like. And we're here today in this manner because God has made us. He said, I want the Holy Spirit and made love to calcium and potash and the petroleum of the earth and form it together and made a human being out of it. 
This is uh, interesting. Brother Bram said the Holy Spirit made love to the calcium and potash and the petroleum on earth and formed it together made a human being. He made love in the potash, calcium, which are dead substance. There's a no life in it. But when God was brooding on it, then they formed the life out of the deadness, the dead element. It seems there's a no joy. It seems there's a no nothing. There's a no happiness. There's a no excitement. There's a no emotion. There's a no nothing in the calcium, in the potash. But the prophet said, the Holy Spirit brooding make love in that deadness. When the Holy Spirit starts brooding in the total darkness, seems there there's no life at all, then there's a life coming from nothing. God brooding in the human's fallen nature. God brooding in the total darkness. He brooding in the total deadness. If I can put it in today's version, God is still brooding. He's brooding in your marriage. Maybe you're thinking your marriage life has a coming to the brink, but God is just brooding on that. It seems that there's no hope in it, but God said, I'm brooding on it. I'm making love in the potash. I'm making love that in that petroleum. I'm making love in that calcium. God is the one that's brooding in the total darkness. When you think your family is coming to the brink of a of a brokenness, but God said, I'm brooding in that. Is that a you try to brood? Is that you try to make it work? Is that you try to make your relationship go? Is that you try to make your wife happy? Is that you try to save your children? But God is just brooding in that total darkness. Though in the deadness and only in the dead element, it seems there's no life sign at all. But God said, that there be light. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is the brooding. He's making love when you cannot even love. He's making love with the calcium when there's such a deadness in there. But God said, I was brooding in that. I'm not only just a dwell in there, but I'm a brooding in the darkness. But I said, why he doing that? Because he know there is a seed laying there. We might not be able to see that seed. We may not be able to feel that seed. We might be in a total darkness. Seems like there's a nothing work. Seems like a trial after trial, difficulty after difficulty, stumble after stumble. It seems like a total one into the darkness. But God said, I'm brooding on it. The reason he is brooding on it, because there's a seed in there. The reason he's working in our children, because there's a seed in there. No matter how dark it seems, but God saw way beyond that potash, that petroleum, that calcium. He saw way beyond that dark water. He know there's a seed in there. And He used you to brood. Because you become the light of the world. You're constantly living a life. You're constantly applying another token. You go into your closet and pray day after day, night after night. It seems that it went into darkness. It seems that the total darkness. There's no sign of life anymore. No sign of life at all. In nowhere. But somehow, there's something just pushing you. My kids need just a little bit more love. My family just needed a little bit more prayer. 
And you went further. And you went working. You had a burden in your heart. And you pray for your children. You pray for your loved one. It seems like in your life it's just darker and darker and darker. But something just inside of you spurring it up. Lord, I'm not going to live like this. What is that? You become that light. And that you continually, that a word, that a Holy Spirit, the life of a Christ living in you. And constantly, continually brooding and brooding. And making love with the dead element. And your eyes don't see it, but you're constantly brooding. It's because that's the Holy Spirit living inside of you that you want a little further. You want a little extra mile. You pray a little bit more. You read the message a little bit more. You believe a little bit more. What is the God is doing? He inside of the darkness is brooding. He's making that love. That a love will prevail. That a love start rising up. God has a patience. You know he can make a world in a one split second. You know he can make it of the whole earth. One out of the darkness, one into light. With the plant coming up, with the fowl coming up, with the water, oh, the fish coming out, with the mammals, everything come out in one split second. But God takes 6,000 years to do that. He can do things in one moment. But he uses 6,000 years. Why? Brooding take time. Brooding take patience. Brooding just to have a trust to the sea word of a God and let the word do this work. It's not to let us do the work, but let the word do this work. Lord, your word is the truth. Your promise is the truth. Lord, I believe your word. You gave my children, I will see them in the rapture. Lord, you give me to the body. I know that by your stripes, I'm healed, Sister Rena. I know by your stripes, I'm totally healed, Brother Tom. I know I'm totally healed because God said, I am the Lord heals all your diseases. That is the brooding. Brooding take time. God dwell in the darkness. God also brooding in the darkness. He gave it as a, he said his word, let there be light. Maybe of hundreds of years and no lights come out. But then there's a little hill start to willing through. And then they come to the place. And then God, the creation start to come up. The light start to come up. God trust and believe his own world. And the word, God tr- believe his own word, that is the world that shook into existence. Rebecca said that the Holy Spirit of bruise, he will bring forth the love, joy, peace, long suffering, goodness, gentleness, and patience. Who's doing this? Holy Spirit is doing that. Is that you try to do it? But the Holy Spirit, by you believing the world, yield yourself, surrender yourself to Him, then He will brood, then He will bring forth all of this that God promised to you. It's not a we try to make it a work, but it's a how much we yield to Him, let Him to work. 
is all the things that a God has. Let there be light. The light come out. Why? Because the light obey the word of God. If we say the let the body be healed, if we receive it, if we believe it, we yield ourselves to it, the body will obey. It's not that we try to work, the body will obey. Obey what? Obey your belief. Obey your confession. Lord, by your stripes, I am healed. The body will come into subjection, but you must let a word to brood. It's not even constantly said, let her be, let her be, let her be. It doesn't take it a re, 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 uh, repetuous or not take it a repeat. It takes a belief. God, a belief in doubt. God doesn't say a thousand times of let her be light. Then the second day to come, the light didn't come and check it again. Said, let her be light. I said, I command you light to come out. No. One time, God said, there, there be light. And he live it. Why? Because he believed his word. And if you believe his word, that is a body under subjection. That is a body under subdue. Control this. Lord, I don't have to recheck it again. By your word, I believe it. Because the sin shall not have a dominion over me. And then I ignore them. I keep believing the word of God. Marching on. Lord, by your stripe, I am healed. I don't have to keep confessing, keep confessing. One time, Lord, I believe it. I live it behind me. I'm marching on. To the family, to the children, to everything. That is the key of it. You believe in what you have said. You believe in whatever God has said. And then you're marching on. Brother Brahma said it so he could only be through the brooding of the Holy Spirit. That's how life comes. It's by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, you can only have life by the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus said, Except a man be born again, he can in no wise see the kingdom of God. It's God brooding your impossible situation. When you believe Him, you know you've been born by the Holy Spirit. You know you believe the word of God to be the truth. When you do everything that you can do, you yield yourself to what the word has said to you. And you surrender yourself to the dealing of the Holy Spirit. That the word of God goes to work. And the spirit of God moved upon the water and said, let there be light. God had a reason to do that. For down beneath that water, there was seeds that he had planted. And they had to have the sunlight to make it live. God is a brooding that in your life. is a brooding when you were in the denominational church. And by this is a brooding, you come out. And by this is a brooding, and in your work, and in your job site, and in your college, and in the school, God is constantly brooding. He's constantly working. All this is the brooding. God uses his tool. Sometimes he used the parents. Sometimes he used the loved ones. Sometimes he used the pastor. Sometimes he used the minister. Sometimes he used the, the lay people. Sometimes he used a friend. But God is used all of that too to brooding in you. But you see, when God is the brooding, he's never going to stop it. He's keep on brooding. In a thirsting for life, 
He said the first thing he brewed, the little moisture began to come together. And a little flower raised it up. God said, that's good. Just keep on brooding. And the next thing, the grass and the vegetation comes up. He said, that's beautiful. Just keep on brooding. Then the tree come up. He said, that's beautiful. Say, God, just keep on brooding. He said, the bird flew from the dust. He said, wonderful. Just keep on brooding. You know, God working in a person. And it is his way of doing it. He said, keep on brooding. He's never just a cease it. He's never just a done the one work and then stop it. When God said, let there be light. That's the first thing that he do. But then God is keep on brooding. Then he said, there's a water. That are divided in the water. That are one in, that are in the heaven and that are on earth. What God is doing is keep on brooding. He got a purpose in his mind. He wants to have a man on this earth. But when God was doing, he had a purpose that he has to fulfill. But before he fulfilled that purpose, God is to keep on brooding. I remember when I first came to the message. I think uh, the message to me, it is just a woman wear a dress. And just get baptized. And just, uh, you know, just believe what God said in the prophet. To me, I thought, that is the whole message. And I do believe it. I think, oh, that's just all the message. You know, I, everything I saw is just uh, the few points here. Oh, you got to get the people baptized. Oh, I got to I gotta go to China to let uh, uh, the, the, my friends that got to baptize. And you know, God had it. God is one God. That seems to me, that's the whole message. But you see, God is keep on brooding. And then after a little while, I understand, oh, it's not only just a Godhead. It's not only just a God sent a prophet. There's a way more things that's in there. Then I said, Lord, keep on brooding. And I go, oh, Godhead, that's good. But Lord, keep on brooding. Lord, I come to the church. But Lord, don't let me just sit at the pew. Keep on brooding. Lord, don't let my children just become a good boy and a good girl. Lord, keep on brooding. There's something more than that. God wants a perfect man. That after his own image, on his own likeness. And God is to keep on brooding. Then a fowl come. Then a mammal life come. But God never said that's enough. He said, no, it's not, that's not enough. Then a fish, then the birds. And we'll see, it's like the, like the believer. We come to the, come to the church. And we have a, we dress like a believer, we talk like a believer, but that's just, just one of the brooding. But God said, keep on brooding. It's not just you dress right to come to the church and all of this is right. You want to be the man after his own image. That is what God's brooding purpose for. He wanted his life living in you. He wanted you after his image. You talk like him. You have a burden like him. You have a desire like Him. You have a vision like Him. You create like Him. You can create it around you, an atmosphere that pull the people in. You can do the things like God is doing. Let it keep on brooding. Let me finish over here. Uh, I, I, I have a, a grandpa. And my grandpa... I don't think you have it here uh, uh, now. My grandpa was a um, hatcher. 
Do you? You probably never heard of it. In the old time, they don't have a, a incubator. What they do, they are, they're hatching the egg. You can't just let the chicken, the hen to hatch, uh, hatch the egg. Because that's going to take hundreds of chicken to, to hatch it. So, and my grandpa, he's a, he, they call him the hatcher. That he has to go into a little room because there's no electricity. And what he hatched, he uses his own body temperature. And he, uh, you can't just build up a fire underneath it. That will become a fried egg. So he uses a body temperature. He has to be very skillful. And he, he basically substitutes like the hen, um, the chicken. He lay on the egg just to substitute that, that warmness of his body and to try to uh, keep the egg warm. Then hatch the egg. And uh, he, he couldn't eat. And then only drink a few water. And then after he done this, the hatch of the egg, he's going to lose uh, uh, 10 or 20 pounds. And because he uses the body and try to let the egg uh, to be uh, uh, hatched. Uh, we call him the hatcher. Now, because uh, that's the kind of the profession that uh, in the old, old time of uh, China. Because they have no electricity, nothing. So it was, uh, the, of course, they don't have to, they don't do that uh, anymore. But I was thinking, you know, for the believer, a lot of time we're like that. You cannot be uh, too hot. You're going to burn all the egg. You cannot be too cold. Because of the way you're going to become a fr- frozen eggnog. And you cannot help that egg to get hatched. Because it will become a handicapped. You have to be right in the past. Right in the middle of the past. That's how we treat our young people. You cannot just push them and push them and you know, you have to do this. And you're going to burn them. You cannot be just a cold at home and a joint, just a dilatory or whatever that come or whatever goes. You must be right on the middle of the past. And you cannot help them to then hatch it out either. They have to work it out in their own way. All you have to do is to create an atmosphere. All you have to do is just keep on brooding. Keep on believing. Keep on encouraging. And when you're brooding, it takes patience. Because it takes days after days after days until the egg was hatched it out. You cannot use a substitute to make that egg to come out. And uh, my grandpa, he has to use his own body temperature to hatch it out. You know, that speaks, that speaks to us volume. You have to use your life to hatch it out. It's not just uh, how we're talking about it. It's not just that we use the word, try to teach a person to let them to be born again. It's by your life that will emanate the heat out. It was animated the life out. That life will speak volume. It's that life will speak volume and hatch the person out. That's how our Lord do it. He never do it in a just by the word, he gives his own life. Let a musician come. He died on a cross. He gives his life to us. So that it's a life that animate, animate the warmness, the heat. Is that hatched out, out. 
It's not just a way of reading the word and just, you know, reading some message and, and had a whole bunch of it, had knowledge. It's to receive that light. When that light, when it animated it out, when we're receiving it, then it will warm us up and then our life starts to hatch it out. And that's what we do to the young people, to the, to our children, to our family, to anything. It's not just that a word to be speaking out. But it's that life to be animated out. When that life had come out, and it's the life that it attracts a person. It's the life that it hatches to make the person born again. And Brother Brahma said, he said in the Shalom, he said, if you can't look ahead, he said, look up. Don't try to look ahead anyhow. Put your hand in his. Let him lead you. Look up. Don't look ahead. He said, you say, why others make fun of me about my long hair and make, and me taking off uh, shorts and uh, about me leaving the church. But Abraham said, the suffering for his namesake is a growing pan of his grace. He said, the suffering for his word is a growing pan of his grace. God is his brooding in us. But because of the goddesses of rooting, you'll find out a bride going through more suffering than anybody else is going through. And we're living in this dark age. You find out it will become darker and darker. And we're, we're facing more difficulty than ever. But it's in that difficulty, God is brooding. Why? He said, the suffering for His word is the growing pain of His grace. When God has the grace into you, brooding in your life, that shows the grace of God that's upon us. Because as soon as long as it's working in us, as long as it's dealing with our life, that shows it's still working. It takes patience, it takes time, no matter how long it takes. But as long as God is working in me, I know He's only brooding in His own children. He's not just a letter, something else is coming out. He's a light, his own children to be hatched out. And he give us his life. So that is the life of living in us. And that us to give a life to the people that sit around us. Let us stand. Here we play the song, the prisoners uh, chant. Let us bow our head. Have we facing some difficulties in our life? Have we feel like sometime we're hitting the wall? It seems like we're uh, trying to uh, go through this darkness. It seems like it just cannot pierce through. It seems like that we're uh, like a bumping into the wall the time after time and we bounce the back. It seems like we, we try to go through it but we go back to the old places again. We go back to the old rut to that again. But let us remember God is brooding. He's still brooding that in your life. And He's not just brooding just by giving you some knowledge, giving you some word. But He uses His own life that is his own warmness in this life 
to bring the seed that is inside of you out. And he has a patience here. And let us have a patience to the dealing of the God's word. That the Holy Spirit is working on our us. And time after time, no matter how many times you fail, no matter how many times you feel that you made a mistake, but all you need to do, just to say to the Lord, Lord, I yield myself. Just keep on brooding. Lord, keep on brooding on my children. Lord, keep on brooding on my loved one. Keep on brooding on my wife. Keep on brooding on my husband. Lord, keep on brooding in my own life. But dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we commit this uh, congregation into your hand. No matter if it's in here or if it's at home that listen to the service or in the future, maybe some will listen to the archive. Lord, it seems like the bride of Jesus Christ is facing a lot of suffering and trouble and persecution and imprisonership and everything that seems like a flooded on us. But Lord, we understand if we just look at that, it seems like the soul disaster just come out upon us. But Lord, that's not what we're looking at. Lord, when we look left and right, uh, up and down, seems there's no way that we can go through. But Lord, we look up to you. As you said, that the suffering for the word of a God is the growing pain of his grace. Lord, because you're brooding in our life, that's why we feel the growing pain that is in us. Lord, because you want this life to become more mature, more dedicated, more give ourselves. It seems like the world has become so dark and all the coldness has started creeping in. And everything, that it seems like that we're just having no direction. It seems like that this uh, trial, this uh, COVID, and everything just become a lasting. Even the world said that this will become a normal. But Lord, we saw the purpose of Satan. That behind everything is to try to bring down the bride of Jesus Christ. It's a purpose to try to destroy. But Lord, when we saw that, we also see our God is a brooding in the darkness. When looking left and right and every word it seems dark. It seems that we cannot depending on the politics, depending on nothing can be depending on the science and everything. The doctor can say this and tomorrow and everything is changed. But Lord, we can look up to you because we know that you by your word is a brooding in this dark hour. Lord, you keep on brooding. You're not satisfied with just, with just a botany life. You're not satisfied that we just come to the church. You're not satisfied that we just at home to become a normal, just to listen to the service. You're not satisfied with that. Lord, you keep on brooding. Because you want a man that is after your own image. You want an immature God. Lord, this is the time of a restoration. This is the time that you want a man that is after your own image. Lord, you don't want a wishy-washy. You don't want just a man that is on a backbone. You don't want just a man that is just sitting there, just rolling over to die. You don't want a man that just let a cone is dropping in. Lord, you want a man that's with your likeness, with your image. You want a man that can create. Lord, you want a believer that can create. Create is from nothing that comes something. 
Lord, it seems there's nothing we can get a hold of. Some people cannot even come to the church. But Lord, we are the creator. Lord, you want the man after your own image. You want that the man can create an atmosphere right and around them. That it bring their family in. That it drive away the coldness. That it drive away the lukewarmness. Oh God, don't let a man become a wishy-washy. Or don't let a believer become a wishy-washy. Don't let a believer just roll over and die. Just follow, just floating with the drift. Whatever come, whatever goes. God, let us become a man that can create. Lord, let the word restore us. Back to you to become a creator again. Become the one that, the, the one that we can brew the brood in our life. Let our life become emanated out. Speak louder than our thoughts. Then it emanated it out. Then it can let our children be hatched. Lord, let, it, let our family can be hatched. Let a person saw the life. Then it can say, Lord, I want the life like this man had. Oh God, make us like that. Lord, just keep on brooding in us, Lord. Lord, I know that we live in that age. It seems like the whole age, the whole world, just live, everything just become a normal. Lord, to, just, uh, just to live a normal life, just to become a go to work and go home and sleep. It seems like just become a normal. And it's just people thinking just go stay at home. And just watch the service. That become a normal. Lord, it's not normal to us. Oh, help us, Father. Let us do what we always do. Lord, let the brooding of the Holy Spirit brood the heat inside of us. Brood the fervency inside of us. Lord, brood the love of God inside of us. God, we are pleading to you. Lord, we know that you're doing. Lord, we know that you're keep brooding in our life. But Lord, just keep on brooding, Lord. Let a man have a back and not just just become a soul, just so weak, Lord. Lord, you never weak. You are strong. Father, I thank you. Lord, I committed everyone into your hand. Or sometimes I think in those brothers in China. Lord, I'm in that prison with a heat at a 42. That have no air conditioning, not even the fan, probably. Lord, months after months, Lord, they suffer. They go through all of that. And Lord, then I think about us. We cannot even come to the church sometime. We cannot come to the come to the point to the really determine to the live to the for live a life for our God. Oh God, have mercy on us, Lord. Let your mercy endure us forever. Lord, and then I'm thinking about that they, they come in and they said, the Lord, we're steadfast. We believe you. That the people that assisted to translate the message. I was thinking, what a man of God they are. Lord, that's because of you brooding that in their life. I ask the same Holy Spirit brooding among us, Lord. Make us become a rugged man. Make us become a really rugged in our face. To believe the word of a God. Never bow ourselves before this world. Never bow ourselves before this, uh, this system. Never bow ourselves to what a scientific has said. Nor let our only bow to the word of a God has said. Humble ourselves to what a word of a God has said. 
made our life have become a fragrance before you. We give ourselves to you. Keep on brooding, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Let's sing the name, Prisons of Chin. Brother Matthew, if you can come to help me. Oh, let's sing the chorus. In prison, I bless your name. I bless your name. I give you honor. I give you praise. You are the light.
sometimes I feel that、uh, even we're living here, we have no difference than the, the brothers that are still in prison that are right now. They might be in the four wall of the prison, but a lot of time we're in the prison of this mind. They're risen in imagination, all the things that they're battling. But you know, that's the time to reach out and pray, reach out and then believe, believe in what is the word of a God has said. Don't let our eyes look at the ones that are in front of us, but let our face look way beyond now and to look at the promise of a God. Every word of a God to be the truth. If He promised a healing, He promised it. I believe it. If He promised a deliverance, He promised. I believe it. Whatever God has promised, His word is to be the truth. As the pastor has quoted, it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changed, and I don't think that the believers of a God should change it either. The word of God in us make us stable, steadfast to believe every word of a God to be the truth. May the Lord bless you. Let's sing the last song.、Uh, you know the glory, glory, hallelujah. The truth is marching on. I know this is quite a quite a jump, but let's sing some snappy songs so that we can go home. <laughs> hallelujah! Can you lead us? This? Yes, yes, that's right. <laughs> Sing this song. 
Brother Colba suggested send me a send me an email. And in that email, they had all the list of uh, all the message uh, that has been translated, and how many message uh, uh, you know Uganda, Luganda, in the other languages. And I know that I think Luganda had about a ninety some of message in the last uh, uh, in the last six months. And I'm interested about the Chinese, so I want to see what is the how many we have been translated. And uh, there's about seventy four. It's the second in that. This has all happened in the last six months, in the most difficult time. And I have to, you know, used to be that the brothers have to upload in the message, and the brothers cannot upload in the message anymore, and I have to uploading it. When I uploading it, I'll say to the Lord, I say, Lord, I'm so, so thankful. You have a man of God like that. Only when I start to uploading, I realize those brothers in China has done how much work. Year after year, months after months, faithfully, all these hundreds of hundreds of a message they uploading and made it a paragraph and making it a word of a different format. All this work, and I said, Lord, please release them, so that I don't have to do all this work, so that they can keep back to do this all this、uh, work again. You know what? All of this in the in、uh, in all of this difficulty, but God's truth still marching on. And there's a 74 message just in the last six months has been translated. And in a difficult time, in a dark time, but God is still brooding. God is still working. If God do that to them, God can do that to all of you. Let us have the burden of God, has the vision of God. Let us look beyond now. Look way past the now. We're not living for this world. We're not living for now. We're living for the rapture. That the truth of God is marching on. Take this message back home. Believe whatever God's word has said, and not only just believing it, acting upon it. You will see God's words come on the scene and keep on brooding in your life and in your loved ones. May the Lord bless you. I won't ask you to shake hands, but just do that. The Lord bless you until we see you next time on Sunday, Lord willing. God bless you all. You dismissed.